Alrighty, welcome to the Stick to Hockey podcast, episode number 28, Jason Martinez, with Russ Cohen once again, at Jason Mert on Twitter. Uh, Russ is at Sportsology, and the show is at Stick to Hockey Pod. Give them all a follow if you're not already. Well, what an interesting time, Russ. There's so much going on right now that it's almost, uh, it's almost impossible to keep your head above water. And this is a monumental day in the NHL. Do you know why? Uh we're going to find out about John Tavares? No. Two, no. Well, it's a monumental day in the sense that two years ago today was the Hall-Larsen trade, oh. Subban for Weber trade, player-for-player player deals, and Stamkos made a decision to re-sign in Tampa. They, that was the most boring of the three. All right, Russ. So the big thing out there right now, obviously, is John Tavares. And sorry for people if you're hearing this after he made his decision, but we're recording before he makes his decision. So we get to speculate. The meetings have taken place out in L.A. at the CAA offices. John Tavares has met with several teams. Um, we're hearing some reports that he's whittling it down to three teams, those being the Sharks, the Islanders, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. Where does he go? You know, it's interesting. I, I even looked up the other day commercials that John Tavares has done, right? And to, I could only find that he did one. And when he was quoted, he said he didn't do a very good job. So I don't think he's in this for endorsements. Like, will he get a ton of endorsements in Toronto? Sure. Yeah. But he could have gotten more in New York if he really wanted to. I don't think he wanted to. So I, I don't, I'm taking that, like, the Canadian tire part out of this, right? Okay. I'm pushing that out. And I'm saying his family's there. And I guess he's probably trying to talk it over with them to see, because he's not a guy that really wants to be in the in, in the spotlight a lot. He likes to blend. And and when I was on Sirius XM, I was on a show with Mike Johnson, Steve Coolius' show, and Johnson said he doesn't live that far from him, because I was like, you know, I don't even see, you know, he, he keeps it very low-key in Toronto, Tavares. Always has, even when he's gone in there to play. Always, you know, everything's on the down low, and... Yeah, he Johnson said that he really doesn't, you know, he knows people that knows Tavares and he doesn't go back as much as you think. And so like to me that's sort of like an indicator like he has to sort of decide if he wants to deal with all that scrutiny because I know Leaf fans are like, "Oh no, they will welcome him with open arms." And then yeah, his first yeah, year don't win. If he gets 55 points and they don't win the cup, they're going to be like, "This is the worst year John Tavares ever had. What's wrong with him?" Yeah. You know, and even if he's trying to play a team game to satisfy Babcock, right? So I still think the Sharks are the leader in the clubhouse because there's not that much media out there. It's a nice environment, uh, great GM, good veteran staff, but they have a great goalie, Martin Jones. Good leadership. Good leadership. Got to a cup with that goalie, Martin Jones. Cup and you final. got Brent Burns there. Yeah. And so there's some key cogs there. Youth experience, insert JT, probably could get back to the cup. I think that's what... What he's going to look at and Brisson is going to look at, and then and then he's I, getting paid no matter where he goes. He's getting paid. It yeah. doesn't matter. The only difference is like I would have Tax thought situation. Yeah, Dallas he could have made more, and certainly yeah. he'll make a little less with Toronto yeah. because of the provincial tax and, and all that. I'm not an dollar. accountant, so even though yeah. I'm Jewish, I'm not. Well, so. Sarah Valley put out a, t- a tweet with this uh, this program that you could plug in how much is. You know right. his salary is and how much it would cost him in taxes and all that stuff. Except obviously, Tampa is a good place. Except when we do that program, that doesn't take into account what Tavares's agent will do and his and his accountant will do to circumvent that to some degree, yep. like all players do to make it the best situation for yeah. him. So we're he's push, getting paid though. Yeah, he's getting paid. We're going to push that aside. I really feel like at this time that we are brought, you know, recording this show. That he would have told the Islanders already, and it would have become public, at least on FAN or something. Yeah. Like, it would have just been like, hey, you know, 
this is happening, you know, more to come. Or he's like, at least informed us that we're not in the mix any longer. Or that, too. And, yeah. And so... I have if a, Lou doesn't want something to get out, though, nothing gets out. No, that's true. But I, I, I think it was a little telling that when it got whittled down that, like, if the Islanders are still in there... Like, then what's the decision? Like, if you're going back to the Islanders, there's really no decision anymore, right? Yeah. But clearly, there is still a decision. So I, I don't think he's going back. I, I think yeah, there's still uncertainty. I think there's still uncertainty. I, I'm still going to go with San Jose, but the Leafs definitely have a shot here. But look, if the Leafs get him, they're probably losing William Nylander in a trade. Yep. Now, I know they've been trying to trade for a defenseman for two years. But and, and and Nylander might be finally the guy to do it, but they probably wanted Hannafin, but they probably didn't want to give up the assets to yep. get Hannafin. So it's hard to get a defenseman now. So they're going to have to give up Nylander, which is a position of weakness to try and get a defenseman. So they might have to make that a little sweeter for somebody, which, again, Kyle Dubas in his first you know year will get... Definitely get big props if he can bring in Tavares, but yeah. then we'll, we'll be under scrutiny for this trade that's going to have to happen to make yeah. it all work over time. Yeah, some people out of Toronto saying if he is able to uh, get John Tavares, then Kyle Dubas will become the best Leaf general manager since 1967. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little early. And uh, obviously, you got to wait to see the results. Um, I think he ends up in San Jose for a lot of the reasons you said, because um, I think he's an unassuming guy. I, I've never met him or dealt with him personally. I've interviewed him a, a bunch of times. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good, you know, when you have guys out there like Brent Burns and Pavelski, it's a good room, a good coach, a great situation, good goalie. The Islanders didn't solve the goaltender issue yet. No. There's still big question marks And I think there. that was one mistake. If you want to put in one mistake on Lou, and I sort of, you know. You had to get that done. I felt like he needed to get that done at the draft. That should have been show a Tavares, Okay, look, see? This team is different. Because right now, if he looks at that team, it's a hope and a prayer. Front office looks better, but the team is not really better yet. Yeah, and the other thing, and yeah, Barry Trotz, put that aside. Right. But you're right. They go on the ice, it's essentially the same product right, right now. Right, with a better coach. Yeah, and you have some, you did well in the draft. whip do. that doesn't do anything for me in three years. No. While I'm still splitting time between Barclays and, and on the island. Yeah, and in Nassau, I think they're up to 20 games now. Yeah, Lou made that the case. Right. A lot of people uh, presumed that Lou would be a positive to keeping Tavares. And maybe he was just to kind of reorganize the organization and tighten things up. But all said and done, it may not be enough, or may, that may not even be a yeah, factor. I mean, but or... essentially, like, a month ago, Lou was sort of like a stranger to Tavares. Like, you know, they know mm-hmm. each other right there in hockey circles. He doesn't know him, know him. So in a couple weeks, you're you're trying to forge this relationship and get him to make the most important decision in his life. The one time he's going to be a free agent, he went last year and rolled the dice and said... I'm going to just play it out. And the Islanders were said, they said they were okay with that. Yeah. And he had a great year. Yeah. So now he can cash in. Did he really do that just to go back? I don't think so. No. It's, it's going to be. I could be wrong, though. How it plays out, there's going to be a big trickle down effect around the NHL. Oh, yeah. Once that happens, other things will happen quickly. So you think everything's kind of clogged because yeah, of Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely clogged. Trade market's up. clogged. Yes. The free agent market's a little bit more volatile right now because yeah. teams don't know. Well, because, how this again, if, if the Leafs get him, they will probably. Probably have to do something because they'll see the long-term writing on the wall and say, "Okay, we're going to have to sort of work this team now, this roster, a different way." Okay, well, that's the John Tavares segment of the program. <laughs> Moving on from John Tavares, there's other players in the NHL, uh, despite John Tavares and where they may end up. But before we get to that, Russ, let's get to the draft. Okay, because uh, we did the pre uh, the preview episode uh, about the draft. Give me a, a couple players that maybe you were shocked they went as early as they did, and maybe a couple guys that dropped further than you, that you thought they should have. Okay. I if, if people expect me to be shocked about you know Coca Konami going to Montreal, I'm not. I talked about it on this show. I felt like 
that was like a done deal. I was shocked that Barrett Hayton went fifth to Arizona. Again, just the, the cost of centers rose so much. I think it rose above the talent he has. I think he's like a third-line center, maybe a second-line center. You know, he is greasy. He could score. He could skate. But end of the day, I, I don't know about that. I think Detroit really would have gone with Philip Hughes, uh, Quinn Hughes, but I think once Philip Zadina was there, I was like, we have to take him. He's a dynamic goal scorer. There's not that many in this draft. He could score 35 goals a year. So I think that fell in their laps. I did the talk- Islanders with the back-to-backs? Yeah, they they talk- made out really well, didn't they? Yeah, and I'll tell you about them in a sec. But I, just to finish the point about Hughes, I remember talking to some Vancouver people saying he could possibly fall to that team, and I believe that they would take him. So uh, I was happy about that. The fall for the Islanders was kind of amazing because, again, it took like three or four guys to go in the top ten to do it. Kokunyemi, Hayton, uh, Kraskov, and Boquist. For that all to happen, because again, I don't rate Boquist as high, but for that all to happen, it, it it sunk Wallstrom. I mean, because I, I feel like people are going to look back at this draft and Wallstrom will be one of the five best. He can be a good goal scorer. Oh, no. He's going to be a really good goal scorer, but he's really good in a lot of other things, like a, too. Like an 80 to 90 point guy? Yeah, I think, point, he right? can, I think he can get 90 points, and I think he can get 35, 30, maybe even 40 goals. He's got that kind of shot. Nothing wrong with that. No. And and Dobson, I had rated as my second highest defenseman outside of Darlene. So that's something where I felt the Islanders did great. I thought initially the Islanders would get a goalie, you know, trade a first-round pick for a goalie. They didn't do that, so they did well in the draft. I yeah, mean, there's Grubauer no question. ends up uh, out in Colorado now. Yes. Now, all those things had to happen, plus Ty DeLandria going right before the Flyers for the Flyers even to get Farabee. I guarantee if you ask the Flyers, they were probably surprised Farabee was still on the board. And and that's something where I didn't expect Ty DeLandria to go that high. Mm-hmm. I expected him to be somewhere in the first. I didn't have him in the first in my rankings, but I knew somebody would probably take him because he's a center. But at the end of the day, that was something that really fell on the Flyers' laps, too, because I think this kid's special. I think you'll see that as time goes on. Yeah, and they're in development camp right now. A lot of teams are around the NHL. Yeah. Uh, one of the other picks I want to ask you about, Jay O'Brien, uh, the Flyers' second first-round pick, taken 19th overall. Uh, what did you think of this selection? You know, Obviously, coming out of prep school, hasn't played in major junior, uh, but he's got a pretty elite skill set. Yeah, he. you know, I was really uh, turned on to him at the All-American Prospects game. I saw him live there. Uh, then Mark Edwards from HockeyProspect.com had come on our show and ranked him really high. And that's when I knew, okay, this this guy's probably going to be a first-rounder. I didn't change any of my rankings, but I knew that that was probably going to happen. Then at the draft, when the Flyers, just before the Flyers were getting ready to pick again, there was a lot of scuttlebutt that he could go a couple picks right after or you know, right after the Flyers pick somebody else, he would go. So I think they also took that into account and said, all right, you know what? We're going to go with O'Brien here because we like the ceiling. He, he's fast. He's smart. He's a project, right? In the sense that he's young. He's really young. I mean, he was literally in prep school. So even when you look at Noah Cates from a couple of years ago, you're looking at a pretty good player, but still Noah Cates is probably three years, four years away. So, you know, don't expect to see Jay O'Brien soon, but I think it's a good pick. Yeah. And that could be one of those ones, after you bag a guy like Farabee and you nail that first pick, Yeah, and, you, and like you said, I don't think the Flyers expected him to be there, then you bag him, then you go, okay, we can have a little risk here. I can throw my uh, scouting department a little bone, because they're high on this kid, Yeah, and say, hey, I trust in you guys, and you may have a good find here, a little high-reward play. Yeah, no question. I mean, I was at the draft when Blake Wheeler got drafted out of high school. At that point... 
a first rounder out of high school was pretty rare. Yeah. And look at Blake Wheeler. So, yeah. you know. Pretty good player. Yeah, he's okay. Was in that Hart Trophy conversation for a period of time as well. Uh, let's talk about a couple individual prospects for the Flyers, uh, not just recent draft picks, but uh, Morgan Frost. He's coming into his second development camp. Uh, he looks like he put on about 10 pounds, 8 to 10 pounds. Um, that, those are his words, actually, that he put on that kind of weight. Um, hasn't done anything to slow him down. Uh, what did you see out of him in development camp so far? And does he have a legit shot to maybe uh, crack the NHL? roster this fall? I mean, I think there's a really outside, outside, outside shot, but I don't think the Flyers want him to make it. I'm hearing rumblings that, you know, he would rather go back and join his teammates. And and he'll go back to junior. Yeah, go back Sioux to juniors to, to the Sioux, and they want to try and win it all. I mean, Hayton might go back as well. That's 99.9% sure. Like, they, they'll have a great team. Yeah. So, I expect that to happen. Now, the interesting talk was, yes, he, he divulged that he's 181 pounds, so it's funny because even the Flyers give us those sheets, yeah. and they're completely wrong by the time we talk to the guys because, you know, they're just grabbing stuff off the Internet. Those websites haven't updated it, and these kids are already working out over the summer. So he's 181, but he legitimately was saying, like, you know, I, I, I right now that's probably the most he could gain. He was talking about just eating a lot just to get to that point and to the strength part. And the one part we always – we have Chris Pryor on our show on, on Hockey Prospect Radio, and the one thing they always talk about is, look, you can still be lean and very strong. And so they would rather you be lean and very strong than, like you said, possibly get slowed down. And so someone like Frost, I don't think he's going to get much past 181. I don't. And yeah. I know some of the other media guys that I was talking to yesterday were like looking at Farabee and goes, oh yeah, he can go 185, 190. And I'm like, I don't think oh, so. Yeah. I've some seen frames this are kid. not built for that. Some frames are not built for that. And it's one of those things, like, again, my answer back to that is, hey, Sam Gerrard's playing at 155. Hey, Alex DeBrinkie who scored 28 goals is playing at like 170. Like, it's just, it's a different league now, and if you don't catch those guys and you can't pin them against the boards, they'll be okay. They'll get man strength just like any kid would over time. So I think it's too much being made over what a guy weighs and, and yeah. how much weight he's going to put on. I mean, it's it's fun to talk about, but I think when you see Frost, I posted a picture on Sportsology, people can look at it. When you see a picture of him, you realize, okay, he looks different. He than looks a year more ago. grown up at like more. It looks and, he, and he, you know, he's got a little bit of a mustache coming mm-hmm. in and stuff. I remember my first mustache. Yeah, and and so yeah, he's he's almost there, but it's he's really close to being capped out weight wise. So, so so him going back to the Sioux, yeah. and back to junior, he still has. There, he can take something from that this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he put can, up about what 112 points last year. Yeah, but here's what Ron Hextall had said previously about other players: he can win a scoring championship, he can win a Memorial Cup. There's things he could do to separate him from the pack and still improve and get better. It is never a bad thing to go back. I don't care how much you dominated a league. Yeah. Go dominate it again. Yeah, there's still something you can glean from yes. your experience once again. And uh, we'll have him, by the way, he'll be on the podcast next week. That'd be great. Uh, Morgan Frost. So we'll talk to him about how you know how he's building his body up and preparing for another season. And he'd have to play top six minutes anyway. You don't want He to would. And that's going to be pair. tough to sort of slot him in there right now. Yeah, you don't want to put him on a third line. No. Nope. Uh, the other guy, and we'll talk to this guy at the end of this podcast uh, as the last element of it, uh, Flyers defenseman Philip Myers. Now, and uh, we spoke to him yesterday, um, talked to him, and uh, he looks like he's been filling out 
at a, at a pretty good rate. You think? He, yeah. I think he had like, I don't know, 19-inch pythons there. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> he's a big guy, chiseled, um, can move, can play, uh, playing in the AHL playoffs for the Phantoms and, and winning a couple rounds, I think really did him good. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that may force them into a tough decision pending what they do in free agency. Yeah, it, it could force them into a decision. They're definitely putting him in a defensive role, which definitely is something they need. At the, and Moran's out of the way. And Moran's right now is out of the way, and the big club needs that. So he certainly gets getting a shot at it. He knows it. And I, I think it's interesting. I, I last year in development camp, I thought his skating was a little bit behind what it was a year before because of the injury. Now watching him again yesterday, I think he's right back where he was. Good. So I think he's really close. I think there's you know probably some mental adjustments and a couple of other little things. But right now, he could come in camp and win a job. It wouldn't shock me. But again, he's only played 72 pro games. You don't want this to be Lucas Beza where all of a sudden you, you throw him in, you know, yeah. and... Oh. Overwhelm him. Yeah, and then, you know, his career is never the same. Yeah, a lot of times when you just throw him in like that a little too early, the, the, the lack of time and space on the ice will overwhelm them completely. Yeah. You saw it happen last year to some extent with Sanheim at points when he seemed to start to maybe mentally fatigue a little bit. Yeah. I, Sanheim, and the one thing I noticed last year is he was so much better at home than he yeah. was on the road. That was really noticeable. Apparent. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some free agency talk because uh, it's getting ready to open and, you know, it's a weird free agent class this year in the sense that there's not a ton of big names out there. Um, and they're never really the great players never get to free agency. That's the big you know, but that's the ones. big misnomer though, because sometimes they do, but they only limit who they're talking to anyhow. Mm-hmm. Like Tavares. Like Tavares. Yeah. And Stamkos almost got there, but he limited who he was gonna talk to. Yeah. Um well, let's talk about James Van Riemsdyk first and foremost. He's an intriguing case study uh, because he had a career year, scored, th- scored 36 goals last season for Toronto, low in minutes per game. I think his time on ice was under uh, 15 minutes it per was. game. Uh, and that was by design. That was by Mike Babcock's design. Basically because, yeah, five on five, you know, JVR is not the strongest player. So he tried to maximize his time on the ice, give him all the power play time, and the rest slot him in five on five. But... Not as much five on five as previous years. You saw he was up to like 20 19, something. yeah. Yeah, 19, 19 minutes, one year. 19, one year. Seven and a, 17 and a half, then yeah. dropped to 15 and now 14. Um, what kind of money is he going to get? And the, the real concern here for me with him is it's term. He's 29 years old. You know, how, how far are you willing to go in term? A lot of times players will sacrifice money for term. Yeah. Um, it, do, does a team go to five, maybe six years for him? I, I think a team years? is going to go six. Russ Cohen wouldn't go to six. But, yeah. but I think a team's going to go to six, and I think he's going to get north of seven. Wow. I, I do. He had 36 goals. This is a career year. He's going to cash in. This is going to be the last deal he'll have a chance to cash in like this. And he's going for it. I mean, we all know he's not going back to Toronto. So, so you're and, looking at an Evander Kane type deal, perhaps a seven, seven, yes. 49 million. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, would, I don't know I'd if they'll give him seven, that. but I think he'll get six. Okay, so six over six or seven years. Yeah. So 36 million, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, not a little bad. more than 36. Not bad more for a guy. 20 of his points, by the way, came on the power play, 11 of them goals yeah. uh, of his, I think, 54 on the season. Uh, let's talk about uh, Stastny as well. He's the name that's out there right now. He's a trickle down effect guy uh, because of Tavares. Uh, a lot of talk now that he may be going back to Winnipeg. Uh, I don't know. That's sort of cool, though. So. They had Winnipeg would have to do some things too, I think, to uh, to accommodate. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But I was I was checking out 
Stastny on Twitter today, and for some reason, he's got Hulk Hogan as one of his banners. I don't know what that <laughs> means. I don't know if that means he's going to the WWE and he's not signing anymore in hockey. No, I'm just Maybe kidding. Maybe to Tampa, but... because uh, <laughs> doesn't Hulk sort of live down yes, there? Yes, he does. But... He's an intriguing one. I do think his offense has slowed down over the years, but he's a good team guy. He's great on faceoffs. He's certainly a strong player five on five, but I couldn't give him more than four years. I wouldn't yeah. want to give him more than four years. Yeah, and yet, again, the term with players at that point in their careers, because yeah. you don't want to be left with three years on a contract right? where the guy is really a liability. Um, Stastny will be an interesting one as a 3C for a bunch of teams out there. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps maybe the free agent market may not be where the biggest fireworks come from, but it may come from trades once the dust settles or at, in conjunction with free agency. Uh, let me ask you about Ryan O'Reilly, because his name's been floated around quite a bit. Uh, potential fits for Ryan O'Reilly around the league, and you know he's got, he's got a contract that's pretty hefty. It is, and, and actually, there's left. a July 1st bonus of like, I okay. don't know, seven, seven so and a half some, million so bucks. So there's probably some urgency. So here it's like as well. most of his salary is a bonus July 1st. So that's why they're trying to move him before that. And the talk is, well, if we move him after that, the price is going to go up because we just paid the freight. But I, if I'm a GM, unless you're taking it sort of on my terms now, I'm going to let you pay the bonus. And if you still want to trade him, which you probably will. I don't care that you just gave him. I'll a, take the player without the bonus. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think, unfortunately, I think Botterill's going to lose that battle because he hasn't traded him yet. I think a team like St. Louis definitely would be interested in him. I think there's a few others. But again, once that bonus hits, Buffalo may keep him because they may feel like, all right, look, we just. The money's already on the, the table. The money's on the table. Yeah, pot committed. We, yeah. Uh, he'd be an interesting fit in Philadelphia. I know Ron Hextall loves him as a player and a guy in the locker room. He eh, locker room is where there was there was questions. There was remember? Some, yeah, he he was the GM in the worlds uh, yes. when Ryan around. I had him on right after that on this very podcast. And the first guy, I mean, there's Connor McDavid played in that worlds. Uh, Dave Haxtell coached it, and the first guy that he talked about was Ryan O'Reilly, and he raved about him. Yeah, and but then O'Reilly at the end of this season, you know, yeah. talked about losing and the losing culture and everything else. And well, it was just, Buffalo, could you? I, I would expect that. I, I appreciated that honesty out of a player. Except it was, I thought it was ill timed. It was like, mm. you know, if you were going to do that, you could have done that any time during the year because you've been out of it the whole time. Why did you wait till the end of the year when people were starting to, you know? At least look into the future, feel a little better. A little yeah, it was okay. just, I, I felt the timing of it was weird. Um, let's talk about Jack Johnson. He signs or uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins via uh, trade, I guess it was, right? Was that a trade? Jack Johnson? Jack Johnson. No, no, it's no. a signing. It's a signing. Uh, but, okay, the Penguins make the trade. Connor Sherry yes. goes to Buffalo. Um, I thought this was and for technically he's bigger. not signed yet, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's all of a been... sudden, it, the NHL never used to get leaks like this where we're finding out about term and and even a pretty idea, good idea of price for a guy being signed before July first. Used to that used to get locked down. Now you can't put pen to paper till July first, right? But now it doesn't seem like it is locked down. It seems like the Penguins did this. I, if I were them, I would have I would have gone for Jeff Skinner. I don't know. I mean, I know O'Reilly's they friends with Crosby. They do, but you know what's funny? Ian Cole's better than Jack Johnson. And, you know, again, I guess he wasn't a fit with that team, so they traded him off. But Jack Johnson, you know, he's on the... I covered him, like, in the World Juniors, right? I was very high on Jack Johnson. I thought he could be the next Scott Stevens, like, Scott Stevens type of player. He's he's missed the mark on that, and he's missed the mark as an offensive defenseman. Yeah. He's fallen somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, it seems like he's never found a comfortable niche environment for himself. If that's with one team, you go, okay. But when it's two teams, you start to go, 
well, wait a minute here. Maybe it's the player. It's not where he is. Well, it's a weird thing because I remember talking to Jack Johnson about his offense, and he really, and this is maybe two, three years ago, and he was really high in his offense. He was higher on it, clearly, than I was. That's why he yeah. he, he took the question and I asked him and, and took it that way. But, like, Jack Johnson, you know, you know he's not going to play power play in Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. and, and I guess maybe at this point in his career he realizes that. But if you remember, there was a time where he thought he was going to, like, dangle it a little bit, and it just didn't happen for him. So, he's a good defender. Yeah, he can't quarterback the power play. No, but he's not a great defender. Yeah. So, like, I... I what is it, like 14 and a half over three? Yeah. It's a little less than I thought he would get per year, but I don't know about Pittsburgh. It was, just, it was kind this. of shocking to me because yeah. the Penguins don't make many mistakes. Now, this could be a potential mistake in my view. Rutherford just doesn't make mistakes. Well, he does because, see, here's the thing. Rutherford does make mistakes or Carolina would have won multiple cups. Yeah. They well, did. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, we have to you put... Have Crosby, Malkin. We have to, yes. <laughs> we have to put things in yeah. context. He went there and Crosby and Malkin in there and Murray was there. Yeah. And Flurry was still there. Yeah. So, yes. Have others failed even with those guys? Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to fail with those guys. Yeah. And the one thing that he's been amazing at is managing that cap with all these stars. Yes, he's done a team. great job. But is it him managing it or is it the cap guy? Yeah. You know, like Barry Hanrahan, does he get enough credit for managing the cap with the Flyers? No, because he's he been is. with there forever. People yeah. don't know him. They, yeah. they wouldn't know if they tripped over him. But he does a great job. But the, Ron Hextall gets all the credit, right? Yeah. And the, and the blame. <laughs> <laughs> and the blame. And the thing that's amazing, too, is the, the Penguins, eventually you would think at some point... They they got to pay the price, right, for winning cups and being in the mix. Every team does. They drafted well. Like, even in this draft. I look at guys like Gensel through the I, years. But I even tweeted, in this draft, they got Philip Hallander and Kalen Addison. Yeah. And I said, teams let that happen. They let these Penguins get these kids. Take. And they leave them for there to take. And then they can trade prospects and get a bona fide guy to keep the cup run going because they still have a pretty good prospect system. Well, they'll pay the price when Sidney Crosby hangs up his skate. Yeah, but that's four years from now. Yeah, that's going to be a while. And he won't hang it up then. But I think him and Malkin are four years from now. So, mm-hmm. they, you know. If you're waiting for that, that's like me as a Jet fan waiting for Dan Marino to retire yeah, or yeah. Tom Brady to retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long waiting game. Uh, Drew Doughty and uh, Eric Carlson are linked in in in, the, in this vein that their contracts are both up at the same time. They both commented over the winter uh, that they weren't really in the mood to give hometown discounts um, as a result. And I believe they spoke with each other at that time as well. Uh, the Eric Carlson, situ- Eric Carlson situation is obviously a lot more complex on a lot of levels, including the fact that the Sens now may go up for sale. If the Senators are for sale, they're a more valuable property if Eric Carlson's there, right? Right. So here's here's what I think could happen. I remember when Giancarlo Stanton signed that big deal with the Marlins, I said there's no way he's, he's living out this contract with that team. What, did he play one year on that contract? Yeah. And then they traded him? So would it shock you if Eric Carlson came to terms with Ottawa? Now, I know the COO came out and said, we're absolutely not selling the team. Yeah, whatever. This is business. Things could change. You know, Melnick is dealing with a lot of debt. The Canadian dollar is 76 cents to the American dollar. That could change a lot of things when you have a lot of debt. He just did a debt loan. Yeah, you know, $36 million. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of those things where you look at all those things and you say, maybe Eric Carlson will sign with them 
right? He'll 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 ride out this season. They'll sell the team. Then it'll be up to him whether he wants to stay or not. If not, then they'll trade him where he wants to go, and they'll get more for him because there's a cost certainty. Then they'll mm-hmm. know teams will know exactly what they need to do to fit him in under. They won't have to re-sign him, so they'll get more for him. And it's not your what we all want to say is a sign and trade because everybody wants a sign and trade to happen, right? It happens in the NBA, but it doesn't yeah. hasn't happened in the NHL yet. I don't think it'll be that, but I think it's something close to that because yes, he is he makes that franchise a lot more valuable and I don't think he really wants to screw them over that way so I think he'll play ball with that if that's really the case we'll know but you have to admit the rumors for Eric Carlson have died down to like nothing. Yeah, there's not that much chatter going on there no. right now. And who knows what a package right now looks like for Eric Carlson at this yeah. point. Uh, the other part of it, too, um, with Carlson and Dowdy collectively as the two of them, what's the market? What's the price that these players should get in a contract extension? For for Dowdy, a guy now who's available to sign a new deal and negotiate a new deal with one year remaining on his contract, he... Eight years? Are you looking at eleven and a half, twelve million dollars? All right. So we, I, I would divulge that I'm in a fantasy keeper league that does the cap, that manages the minors, that does everything like the NHL. Right? It's a lot of work, and I finally made the playoffs for the first time this year. I'm, I'm three years in the league, so I feel like I'm doing okay. I had Drew Doughty on the team. I inherited him. I had to sign him last year. I signed him to eight years, ten and a half million a year. Okay. And I think that's what he's going to get from the Kings because I think you don't he think will, he gets more than that, huh? No, I think he'll give the Kings a little bit of a break there because okay. I think he does like it there. Despite the fact that he said he wasn't get, giving a hometown discount. Huh? I mean, is it really a discount at ten and a half million? Yeah, like well, yeah. As a defenseman, who's making more than him? Yeah, well, Carlson could end up. He could end up, but at the point, that yeah. point, he'd be the highest paid. Which again, I'll go back to this. This is something I learned as like a ten year old, right? Every player who goes to some sort of free agency all dreams of being the highest paid player, even if it's for At one year position. or yeah. one minute. Yeah. Like we've seen guys in Major League Baseball, he's the highest paid player till the next contract, right? Yeah. But he gets announced as that and he's happy. That may be the situation. You clip those newspaper headlines and you put them on your wall and you say, right. look, I was the highest paid player in my sport for a brief moment in time. Yeah. You know, no, three days later, uh, Stamkos got signed and, right. you know, whatever. But that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. It's a feather in your cap and it's a feather in your cap for a GM. Right. Or not for a GM, for an agent. Yes, for an agent. Okay. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I was kind of hoping he'd hit the market. Everybody was hoping he'd hit the yeah. market, but he's not hitting the market. Look. Insanely important The one player. thing you could say... With certainty, like as you said, you know, no great player ever hits the market. No great defensive player really hits the market. No. And I mean, it, usually it's via trade or something else. Yeah, a, a, def- a great defenseman probably won't hit the market, nor a center. Or a goalie, yeah, a I mean, winger. Yeah, you can. Get, yeah, that that can that yeah. can happen. No goalies will now. I think goalies have uh, are diminished in price now. I think mm-hmm. goalies have gone down in value actually, and so like I don't think you're even going to see the carry price contracts for goalies anymore. No, I don't. I, I, or I think you're right. And there's two reasons why. A because the amount of games played for a goalie, they're right. monitoring. You're getting closer to that 65, 58 range. For right. Your your one your starting goalie. So that obviously diminishes their value. On a contract, and then B, it's weird because the goalie market, like median age, is actually dropping now in the league. Right, where that was never the case before. It's the hardest position to develop and, and to is. predict as well. It's not a foregone conclusion that he definitely wants to leave Columbus. Is he just kind of weighing his options here, looking at what they do this fall if he decides he wants to stay there, or is he is he have the eyes for a big market like New York? I think ever since he was on Chicago, he told them. Look, I'm going free agent in whatever year. I think it's in 
next year. Next year, yeah. When you're like, I, I think he told them that. And I think that's why they traded him. Okay. And I think Columbus now has the idea that this is what he wants. And I don't think there's a thing Columbus can do about it. He wants to hit the market. He wants to hit the market. He will be a truly great player that hits the market. Yeah. And and he will hit pay and dirt. he'll see it through to the market. He will see it through. He will hit pay dirt. Mm-hmm. He wants to be courted. He's not a high-paid player in this league, but he wants to be and deserves to be. He's undrafted, too. So he's, he's undrafted. So he's in process. Right. Like, he, you know, he wants to get paid here. So, yes, could New York be in on that? Yes, the Rangers could be in on that because at that point, he's still a pretty young player. They have a Russian uh, contingent there. You know, they have Buchnevich, mm-hmm. you know, Kravstov now. If he's not here this year, he'll definitely be there next year. So there is, you know, a little bit of a lore there. Brooklyn's, you know, a great place where a lot of Russians live. I think Sergei Zubov, as an example, still lives there. A lot of people have houses there because yeah. there's a whole Russian community. So they definitely will have some sort of edge and cap space. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Plenty of cap space and willing to spend it. Right. I mean, one thing in the NHL, teams should be chomping at the bit to pay play, to pay their star players. Yes. Because that's what's going to drive things. Except, through. will this deal be lockout-proof? Wow, well, that's a good question. That's a good question, because that's where... Like, I doubt he's going to face that as well. Well, here, here's... All right, so the, the real negative people out there said, well, the only reason the Penguins are giving Jack Johnson this contract is because one of those years will be a lockout year. Yeah, tw- 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they won't have to pay him at <laughs> all. They won't have to pay him. As was the case last and, time. And that could be true. You got hockey players and broadcasters selling cars for a season. Yeah. Well, some at least. Um, all right, that, that's the deal. That's kind of the free agency look. There's obviously other names to get into. Mike Green's a guy. You think he's standing Detroit? Well, I think Detroit's courting him still, but, you know, once we get to July 1st, if he's not one of those first few guys announced, he might hang out there a little bit. If he hangs out there a little bit, there could be a veteran team that thinks they're just that player away. Yeah, a guy can help and, on the power and play, hang, too. Yeah, because, like, like I'm trying to think, like, who, who would be a good example um, of him just sort of hanging out there, like, in the old days? Uh, a couple teams that might Capitals. strike Who was the Capitals? Uh, so a guy like Sergey Gonchar, I mean, if you remember, he played forever. Yeah, Green's sort of in that spot right now where he's still a power play wizard. Yeah, five on five is he great? No, he can still skate. Yeah, so you know he's gonna he's still gonna get paid. Uh, real quick, the goalie market. Some interesting names on the list. Not a great goalie market of free agents. Never is. Robin Lehner. Uh, the Buffalo decided not to tender him a, a restricted offer. This is the summer of Carter Hutton. What are you talking about? Oh, well, yeah, he's the he's top of the list. Where does he end up? <laughs> I, the, the report today says Buffalo. Like, it's a done deal. Buffalo's but moving and shaking a little bit here. They are, the but I kind of wonder what they got him for. Because I think, I think Hutton's going to end up getting, like, three years. And if he doesn't get $4 million, he'll probably get, like, three and change a year. Mm-hmm. And Allmark is supposed to be their number one, but maybe this is a little insurance against Slowing that. Slowing down a little bit. Yeah, so I guess it makes sense. I okay. mean, Hutton had like a 932 save percentage. Is he ever going to do that again? Like, that's, you have to yeah, ask yourself this question. You know, Scott Darling, we, we asked ourselves that question. We got the answer last year. Yeah. We don't know if it'll be back to what he was Almost this year. Almost Talbot in year two in Edmonton, too, wasn't Yeah, very but, good. but I think that was a, a function of bad defense, and he played so many games yeah. that I think he'll come back stronger this year. I think Talbot's a little different than the other two, but I could be wrong. I mean, I really could be. And, and Talbot, I wasn't even, at the beginning, sold on that because the Rangers' defense at the time was pristine, where he put up that run when Lundqvist was out. Yeah. So, all that said, yeah, Hutton to Buffalo makes sense if that's really what happens. Yeah, good for them. All right, let me ask you this real quick: a couple random questions. Yeah, are the Edmonton Oilers a lock stock playoffs team next season? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
they're a bubble team depending on what they do. Yeah, and they got to get some work done there. And they have to do stuff maybe even to just be a bubble team. Yeah. It's, it made, that was a lot of people's cup pick last year. Not mine. Huge when they were doing back. that, I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, all of a sudden, they're going to... No. I think, what the, I think what they were doing was, and we've all been in business where you have to project sales. The sales projections, I mean, you probably have done them even recently. Sales projections are always a funny thing. So I think they looked at Connor McDavid and said, well, look, you know, look at Gretzky, look at McDavid. Yeah, he's probably going to lead him to look the cup the this arc, year. Yeah. yeah. But but you have to have the rest of the team with you yeah. at the same time. And, and, he they, and they got, other than McDavid, really slow. Yeah. I mean, you got to have speed in this league, and they pay the price. They're going to pay the price for that Lucic contract. That Lucic contract, I knew it was horrible the day they made it, and it's just getting worse every year. Yeah, that it kind really of player is. is getting phased right out of this yeah. game. Yeah. Too slow. Can't move. Yeah. I don't know if he can drop 15 pounds. and I, He dropped weight foot. last year. He's not going to have foot speed. No. You just can't. You don't just go buy that at the five and dime. Right. Uh, let me ask you this. Arizona. Uh, they had a, a decent second half last year. They started to get it together. Is that a team can challenge for the playoffs? No. Still not there yet? I mean... Um, maybe maybe near the beginning of March? Okay, here's what we're banking on. You're the goalie expert. I'm mm-hmm. going to divert this question back to you. You're now telling me Antiranta is going to win 40 games? Um, I think he can win 33 to 34 games. Okay. I do. And that, with Larson, with Ekman Larson, are we all back in the mix? Yeah. Um. I don't know. That's if he that... wins that many games, they'll have a chance because their backup goaltending's decent. Yeah. Uh, although Domingue got just got re-signed by you know, I forget who picked him up, but Domingue Louis Domingue. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, the Kings, right? Didn't yeah. The Kings, right? So he just got a deal from them. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm not, not there that. yet. You're not, not there, there yet. yet. Okay. No. I'm, tra- I'm trying to come up with some. They're uh, getting there though. Bullish predictions here for you. I mean, are, are you are you playing favorites because of Rick Taka? You thinking? No, but I no, think you did okay. a good job, and, and I thought I think you started to see something by the, the end, end of the year. At the end of the season, yeah. But that doesn't always carry through. Like that's the no, one thing I've learned about hockey. Yeah, yeah, momentum does not carry season season to season. If you have a, a good, a, like if Buffalo had a bad start, are they going to get off to a good start? Well, maybe they will because they're an improved team, but right? That's not because of the the way they finished last no. year. Uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens. Does this get so disastrous this season that Bergevin could lose his gig? Uh, you know, it was Tampa that Domingue resigned with. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Can you ask the question again? <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens, one of the dumpster fires right yeah. now of the NHL. Is this the year where things get so unpalatable in Montreal, where they're very critical already? That could cost Bergevin his job. He clearly has ownerships. The ownership has his back right now, but that could change if it gets really ugly. I mean, the Patrick has got to go. I don't think he has to go. I don't think he is. How going. can they bring him back? I mean, they're what do you mean? How can they bring him back? Publicly? He's still the captain. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. I, I think he comes back. I think Claude wants him back. I think they still have a good coach. I think there is a chance they improve. I don't. I doubt they're a playoff team unless Carey Price wins a lot or steals a lot of those games. Well, I'm never. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not doing that. Not doing that yet. No, not doing that. I think there is a chance, and I think. Do you think he can reverse a two-year trend? I do. I do think that. I mean, look, maybe the air cleared with the trade they made. Maybe one youngster comes up. You know, and maybe it's like Noah Juleson who will help on the blue line. Maybe it's just one good free agent. Maybe it is Kokanami getting rushed in there, but he looks good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is all those things that's, you know, and then Claude Julian, who is a really good coach, who hasn't had a, yeah. a ton to work with yet. I think there's a chance. Okay. Well, I don't know, but I don't know if I buy that one. Okay. I, that's it. They're just so bad up the middle. When Jonathan Drouin is your number one center. I know, but I think it's easy to dump on them right now. And I don't want to do it just yet because, you know, what if they pick up two great free agents, then we're going to be doing the show again, and you're going to be like, you know what? They did pretty good in free agency. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, 
Um, but I can't see how Pacioretty can can stay. Fired his agent, Pat Brisson, hired what, Al Walsh? Yeah. To represent him now. To I know, me, that's and everybody it. thinks because he hired Walsh, that's he wants his way out because of what happened with Drew Ann. But never, you never say never. Yeah, and, and apparently from reports, he denied a, an extension with L.A. To, for that trade. Right. He was, they had a deal, but he wouldn't agree to an extension. Right. I mean, I really, you know, I'd like to be able to figure out what Matt, what Pacioretty wants to do. I can't. It's wearing on him. It is. And he had a, he had a and look, he's a Connecticut guy. I'm sure if the Rangers, goals, yeah. I'm sure if the Rangers were in the mode they were two, three years ago, they probably would yeah. have him already. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. But, but he, but they're not, right? So yeah. they won't get him. That wraps up some random questions, Russ. And again, next week on the pod, we will have Morgan Frost and Jay O'Brien. Two number one picks in successive years, so we'll have them next week. But right now, uh, Russ and I got the chance to catch up with Philip Myers, Flyers defenseman at Prospect Camp. All right, it's the uh, Stick to Hockey podcast. We're here at the Flyers Development Camp. Jason Martinez, Russ Kona, we're joined by a very special guest, Philip Myers. Uh, how's camp going so far? Uh, good. Uh, today was the first on-ice session. Um, we had a lot of off-ice workouts. Uh, we worked out with the Navy SEALs at the beach at 4 o'clock in the morning yesterday. So, uh, yeah, it's been pretty busy. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're getting to – the guys are getting a little closer, get to know each other a little better. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, you got to come here with an open mind and try to take as much in as you can. And we got a great staff here, and, you know, they, they really know what they're doing. So you just got to come here with an open mind and, you know, try to take as much in as you can. Now, is this your first time on the ice since the playoffs? Uh, I skated once or twice back home, but nothing, nothing special. So yeah, I'm just uh, today was more getting the rest off the wheels type of thing. What can you take out of this? Is you've been at development camp before. What can you take out of development camp, both that you work on here and then you can take back home with you to work on as you prepare for another season? Yeah, I mean lots of things. Uh, you know, just simple things like try to keep the puck on your forehand as much as possible because you know your forehand's always your strongest play and. Yeah, just just uh, little things like that, and you know they're, they're teaching us new stuff this year about stick, the the lie and the flex of the stick. You know, you think you know it, but you know when I got asked a question, I wasn't really sure what to answer. And so you're experimenting uh, with new sticks and stuff like that, different yeah, lies. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming here with an open mind, like I said, and you know I'm. You know, just trying to get better. You know, if, if another stick's going to be better for me and it works better for me, I'm going to go with that stick. So, uh, like I said, I'm just trying to keep an open mind. Even though you have that offensive ability in skating, it seems like the team's sort of pushing you towards a little bit of a defensive role. Is that true? Yeah. I was playing against the opposition's top line this year, and, you know, I, I love that. That's what I want. I, uh, I'm going to embrace the challenge, and, you know, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I, w- I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, what can you take out of the, the playoff run that you guys had with the Phantoms? Uh, obviously, anytime you can get into a playoff situation, everything's ratcheted up. You guys had some success and, and, and won a couple of rounds, but what can you take out of that that experience, uh, both bonding with the teammates and the future Flyers, and for you personally in, in your game? Yeah, I think, like you said, uh, bonding with the teammates is, is, a, is a big thing. I think we were really close as a team, and that's why we had success in the playoffs. And uh, I also think that every single individual has to buy in, and I think uh, you know I bought in and I was I was all in with the guys. You know, really, we, everybody has to be on the same page, and you know we gotta stick together and you know stick uh, to the system, to the coach's system, and uh, you know we had success with it all year. So um, 
I think we, we just needed to go out there and play the way that we played all season. We finished second in the league, and uh, I mean, we had we had a lot of success issues, so um, that's the that's pretty much the big things, you know, just to stay close as a team, to buy in, and uh, stick together. Has your summer training changed at all? I know a lot of players like to change it up from year to year. Is there something different about yours this year? Um, not really. Um, there's phases to my training right now. Uh, well, I was in the strengthening and, you know, just trying to get bigger phase. Uh, when I get back home, I'm going to finish off that phase and then go into the more of a power phase. And then uh, after that, there's like a quickness and, you know, not lifting too heavy weight. And more just burst stuff. Yeah, just trying to work on the explosiveness and all that stuff. And uh, when... W- when we hit August or you know mid-August, I'm gonna start skating really hard again, you know, just to try to get back in the groove and try to you know uh, get back in the routine. Coming to coming to camp ready to go. Now, you're a young guy. You carry a phone around. You, you're able to access the internet on it. You read the internet. You see that all the talk about this young flyers, the prospects of defensemen. You're part of that. You see. You know that this is one of the great prospect pools in the NHL, and you're you're kind of a gem that was found, um, and your stock is really on the rise. How do you prepare to try and make this club come September? Um, to be honest, I'm trying to block all of that stuff out. You can't though, you know that, right? I, I know I can't, um, but you know I'm doing what I can. I'm staying off Twitter, um, you know, just uh, trying to stay off social media as much as I can, and I'm um, just you know working on myself, focusing on myself, and. Uh, you know, doing what I can in the in the gym and on the ice back home to you know try to get better and you know do do whatever I can to make the team. I think it's if you get too wrapped up in that, I've been through it before. It's really not a good thing. It's uh, a distraction for you, right? It's a, it's a distraction, and it's it's just if you get too wrapped up in it, you, you're just gonna have more stress and all that stuff. So you're trying to cut out the outside noise and just focus. Yeah, yeah just control focus on myself control. and f- control what I can. So. Uh, I think that's worked out well for me in the playoffs this year. And uh, so you put on a Twitter embargo during the playoffs, huh? What's that? A Twitter embargo, like no Twitter. Yeah, uh, or social I, media. I, I tried to stay off Twitter as much as I could, and uh, you know, Instagram and all that stuff. That's fine. But were, uh, were other guys on the team doing that as well? No, that was just more of a personal thing. Okay, so it wasn't like a team thing. Like, hey, guys, do me, do yourself a favor, no, stay but, off this. Uh, uh, during the World Juniors in back in 2016, that was a team rule that nobody was allowed to go on Twitter. So everybody deleted Twitter, and after the World Juniors, you could do whatever you want. But during uh, during that time, you weren't allowed to, to have Smart the Twitter move. app, and you know all those distractions. You know, sometimes you you read something you know maybe negative about you, and then it you know puts you down or whatever. You know, and if you versus if you don't have Twitter, you don't have to worry about that. So. Uh, yeah, that stuff yeah, can actually plant friends, a seed, can it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't your friends still text you or whatever and say, hey, did you hear this? Or you see what they're saying about you? I'm sure yeah. you still get that. Yeah, well, they, they don't really talk to me about that. You know, okay. They just usually text me like, hey, good game. Uh, there's an article about you in the paper or something. But yeah. besides that, they don't they don't really go into it, detail with it. Uh, Philip Myers with us here on Stick to Hockey Podcast. Heading into this training camp, do you feel like you have a, a – a chance to prove yourself to make the Flyers Club this year, and if you were going into this training camp with really one thing that you wanted to show them that you've improved on, what would it be? Yeah, um, you know, I feel a lot more ready mentally than I did last year. Um, 
you know, going through injuries and stuff like that, you know, just having to stay positive all year and I had a strong finish and, uh, you know, I just overall I feel a lot more ready and, and confident than I did last year. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to come here with the attitude in September to, to stay here and to make this team. But right now I'm just taking it one day at a time and, uh, you know, I'm, I have that attitude right now. I want to get better and, you know, I want to make this team in September. So, um, yeah, the, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to come here in September with the attitude to make the team. What's something we might not know about you? Like maybe you have a pet dog or a cat or you sing or you're a comedian or uh, Not a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I play the piano. It's self-taught. So. Is that right? Can you read yeah, music? I cannot. Okay, so you just play on feel I and you're here. I, I go on, on YouTube and try to learn a bunch of, bunch really? of songs. Really? So like what's yeah. a good song that you could play? Uh, I can play Airplanes by Rihanna. Okay. Yeah. So no, like Bach or Beethoven or Tchaikovsky, anything like that. No. Not classical. No. <laughs> Just more, more uh, like today music. I can play that song. I can play uh, "Perfect" by Headley. Uh, there's a couple other songs that I was trying to learn. Is that is that a way for you to decompress? Yeah, it's honestly it relaxes me and it's you know it it works on multitasking honestly because you have to play two different things. It's coordination, right? Yeah. Coordinate. So, you know it's. It's just fun. It relaxes me, and you know I enjoy it. So, uh, last question for you: What are you going to do after development camp to, camp to kind of decompress a little bit, clear your head to get ready for what is a very long season? Longer for you this year with the playoff run, but a long season to get ready. And how do you kind of decompress? Yeah, I'm going to take a couple days, you know, just to, to go home and relax and spend time with my family. I don't get to see them very often during the season, so. Uh, same thing for my friends, and I'm just going to go home, relax for a couple of days, and then, you know, get back at it in the gym. Yeah, get away from being a hockey player for a little bit and be yeah. a person, and yeah, exactly. you're going to be a hockey player the rest of the year. Hey, we appreciate it, Phil. We appreciate it. Best of luck coming up in training camp. Uh, we'll be watching, and uh, we'll see how it plays out for you. Thank you very much.